I, I will, will never have a portfolio if I keep trying to seek perfection. I just need something, something done to show my work. That was like a shift on my mindset about doing stuff. And then I did my my current portfolio in three days. And then, yeah, I spent three days designing and building my current web portfolio. Yeah, it was done. And it was better than I was expecting. Hey, Webflailers, welcome to episode 34 of Webflail. Today, my guest is Diego Torra de Oliveira. He's a brand designer and Webflow developer based in Brazil that I first came across when I joined the Flow Party. He's been building websites for more than 10 years, and he's probably best known for his use of motion in his websites. As a Lottie Files evangelist and a spline expert, his portfolio website is like a trippy card scroll experience. It's like free-falling through award-winning work. It's beautiful. Go check it out. He was recently an ADP list mentor, and he's now a very active member of Flow Party, often on live streams, and helping Webflows about pricing, portfolio creation. And he also helped create the Flow Party website, which is another really beautiful website. We'll be talking about feeling too comfortable, living in your own bubble for too long, and seeking perfection instead of accomplishment. So embrace and learn from failure in episode 34 of Webflow with Diego Torre de Oliveira. Diego, é um prazer falar com você hoje. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, thank you for having me here. I hope to be entertaining and like be in, like have a fun chat and thanks for your Portuguese. Like it's it's a fun fact that you, you study here in Brazil. Yeah, well I studied for 6 months and I am so rusty, so I thought why not why not try a tiny bit of Portuguese? But that will be the the last Portuguese of this conversation, I'm afraid, because <laughs> Otherwise, this podcast is going to be, well, there's going to be a lot of silence because uh, I probably won't understand what you're saying. <laughs> no worries. So you've been designing and building stuff for 10 years. I know that in those 10 years, there's probably been a lot of change for you. You've probably found Webflow in that time and stuff. But can you just take us back to when you knew you wanted to do creative work for a living, essentially? Well, probably like since I... Since I... I was born because I loved the creative side of things. Since I was a kid, like when I was young, I I, I draw a lot. I I loved like drawing stuff, like characters from games, from from uh, movies, from all kind of stuff. So I I, I knew that I wanted to pursue uh, an artistic career at some point. But I also had to pay the bills, right? So when I was a teenager and I was having conversation with my parents they say well why don't you try like an advertising career like because you work on creative stuff and at the same time is a good opportunity to like make a career make some money and i say well why not it looks fun right and then yeah i i, I joined a, a advertising college here in brazil which was where i actually found my wife and we spent the whole college together. Then after we graduated from college, we just decided, screw it. Let's just try ourselves like our own thing. Let's see what happens. Because we always work together as, as a team. So we decided to just try something. And then while well, we just opened a small agency in Brazil, uh, we still have that small agency, but we don't have any Brazilian clients anymore. But yeah, we started doing some small stuff. Uh, I mostly did like branding design work, graphic design work, things that uh, like, Scratch the itch of, uh, you know, doing creative stuff like creating uh, good visuals, things that I, I like to do. But we struggled a lot at the beginning because we were 
good uh, I was a good designer let's say uh, my wife was good with like social media stuff but we're not good at sales we did an advertising college but we never actually s- sold a product so we struggled a lot at the beginning and we learned a lot of lessons at, at that point with with the struggles I had to sell my car to pay the bills because it was really hard and then I decided to start doing websites because I, 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 I had fun before doing some small websites personal websites for personal projects and for other small shops in Brazil. So I said, why, why not? Let's see if they, if they pay the bills. And yes, it did. Like doing website development and design actually uh, was great for, for agency. We started having more clients. We started being more successful. And, and I've been doing that for 10, 11 years since then. Wow. Okay. Hell of a journey. So you were working with your wife doing this small agency, but... I think this is a problem that a lot of um, web flowers have, or maybe just creative people in in general. It's um, well, one I think knowing their value, um, but then also having a frank conversation about money with someone, and we're so keen to please and so keen to do the creative work that we're just like, oh, okay, we'll do it for this, and then you have overhead costs, software, whatever, and you're kind of screwed. How did you learn sales? Was it just through the job or, you know, when it came to websites, was it just easier to sell or kind of how did that process go for you? Well, I learned with the job, like I learned the hard way, <laughs> trying and try and error. Uh, and and then, yeah, like people started looking for for websites on the agency and we did our own website. Like I spent a lot of time doing with the first versions of our own website people like it so that's why they came to, to us asking for a website so I learned that well there are things that I like to do personally as a hobby maybe there are things that pay the bills and as a as a person that works for myself like as a freelancer I had to prioritize things that pay the bills right so that's what I did at that, at that point like I did whatever I had to do to to, to make money it wasn't fun all the time i was a designer first and then once i started doing websites i actually turned more into developer than a designer but it was paying the bills so it was fine so i think is the thing is when you're 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 looking for a successful career you need to find a balance between the things that you like to do and the things that are actually sellable things that people want to have like things that clients are looking for so Find uh, like a good balance between these two things. I think is the secret because you'll be able to sell your work, have some fun, and like I said, pay the bills. Yeah, it sounds that you found out that it was easier to sell websites than graphic design. But I guess you could still do graphic design through doing websites. So that's kind of like a good marriage, right? Yeah, exactly. But the fun fact is that uh, once I started doing websites, like I said, I, I did more websites as a developer than actually designing things. So doing some design work and development, but development took more of my time than design itself. And at some point, I started working with clients outside Brazil. Started doing some WordPress projects for clients, like building some some plugins and etc. But at some point, I was doing, doing 100% development work. I was like a full-stack WordPress developer and was doing zero design work, which was the other side of things, right? At, at the beginning of my career, I was doing like fun stuff, but it wasn't paying the bills. And at another point in my career, I was doing the opposite. I was doing the things that were paying the bills, 
but I was not enjoying at all. It was stressful. It is not, wasn't the thing, things that made me uh, like wake up in the morning happy to go to work. But it was pay the bills, so it was fine. So it was the, the complete opposite. It sounds like now you've kind of got a, a beautiful marriage between Webflow and yes. design. Because from what I gather, you know, WordPress was not enjoyable for you to use. And you were developing way more than designing. Whereas I think with Webflow, you can do quite creative visual development and make your designs come to life in a way that other platforms just don't allow you. Yeah, exactly. So th that's what's the beauty of Webflow for me. And that's why I, I decided to restart my career because uh, I would say like in that in a year and a half from from, from now, um, yeah, back in a year from now, I was, like I said, doing just full stack WordPress development for basically one client. I, yes, I was acting as a freelancer, but I was mostly a full-time uh, employee for this client because he was paying like 100% of my bills, which was not great. The client was not great. The project was not great at all. I was on the edge of the burnout. That's when I, I found about Webflow. I actually found about it through a guy that I, everyone that talks to me, I always talk about this guy, John Paulo GP. He's also Brazilian and he's a former brand designer at Webflow. <clears throat> and he created a course here in Brazil which I would love to have that course translated to English because I think it would be really helpful for everyone pursuing a, a freelancer here. A course called Super Skills. And on this course, he is not teaching design. He's teaching how designers can leverage their skills to make money. And on that course, he talks about Webflow. And his Instagram account, he talks about Webflows. That's when I found about Webflow. I say, okay, this is perfect. This is exactly what I, I, I need because it allows me to be creative like create uh, out-of-the-box uh, experiences with less effort because I don't have to like build custom plugins or cool things from scratch. Uh, it's not it's not that complicated compared to, to WordPress. Yes, yeah, so you can do a lot of stuff with WordPress, but there's a lot of code you had to do to achieve what exactly you need to, to do. And it wasn't for me. So yeah, I found about Webflow. I think, okay, I think it's time for me to go back to my roots and try to restart my career. And that's what I did in a year and a half back from now. And here I am, like, extremely happy where, where, I am, where I am right now. I think it's really important for people to understand this because you've had a kind of meteoric rise, I would say, in the Webflow community. I mean, things have changed very quickly for you. I, I've pulled up a tweet that said, my 2022 year in review jumped into full-time freelancing. So jumped from working for this WordPress client full-time and then you jumped into freelancing. You did 18 websites in 2022. You doubled your revenue compared to 2021. You became a Webflow expert and a Lottie Files evangelist. Nought to 2.3k followers on Twitter. Made a bunch of friends in the Webflow community. I mean, the rise has been rapid, but it's important to say that you were not an overnight success by any means. I mean, you, you worked in the advertising industry. You'd worked with the clients before, so you had clear ideas about processes you had clear ideas about cash flow because you'd already struggled with cash flow. You know about branding, so you know what good design is versus bad design. I've heard people talk about Webflow quite flippantly saying, oh, Webflow's easy. If you have all those other skill sets, then Webflow, yeah, Webflow is the, the cherry on the cake for you, but that wasn't the case for a long time. Yeah, exactly. I would be lying if I, if I say that, like, Webflow is easy and like I just had success quick because as I told you, it was 
10 years of a career that I was trying to find the good good spot for myself. And yeah, I struggled a lot, but I also learned a lot. I learned how to deal with clients. I learned to like how to talk to clients. I learned like things about contracts, proposals, things about how to actually build a website. I can call a website from scratch because I had that experience before. I did that before doing WordPress stuff. Working with WordPress taught me a lot about backend and front end stuff. So I had to do a lot of stuff that I, I don't like it, but was useful for, for, for where I am right now. And yeah, the whole experience uh, allowed me to pick up Webflow pretty quickly and start doing some cool stuff. So yes, I had some previous experience before for that. It wasn't like instant success. It took time for me to get here. I think that the flip of the switch was changing the mindset of my career and finding Webflow and finding the good spot between the things that I like to do and things that quick client really wants to see. So that that's how I, I got here. Like you said, Webflow has uh, motion capabilities, right? That's what I tried to explore when I decided to move to Webflow. When I decided to restart my career, I, I, I learning on that course from, from GP, Super Skills course, he talks a lot about personal branding. So you need to find a, a, a good skill set that combines together, makes you create your own market, like going not having to compete with other people. So I thought that motion, like creating engaging experiences through motion would be like the ideal scenario for that because like doing good design is okay, like doing a website where it's okay. But then adding motion, the emotional element to that experience like takes to the other level and clients love that. I know because like, I've been selling websites exactly for that for, for quite some time. So you can do a lot of stuff, but it it has a limit, right? Uh, it has a limit to what you can do. And then I learned about Lottie files, which took the experience to another level, what you can do with, with Webflow. And and then there's 3D. I'm still not a professional with 3D where I, I like to be, but I try to explore 3D a, a lot because it's, it's another level that you can add on top of, of motion as well. And tools like Spline can help you get there easier. And I think it's very important to, to have that skill set, uh, th- that tools online skill set, because like it's not just about motion, but it's about like the whole experience. Like motion is just one of the elements there. So bringing all those tools together, it's more about creating an experience that is unique and engaging for, for visitors than actually just adding motion because it's fun. That's what I try to do on all my, my, my work. So I, I don't do the tools just because of the tools. I, I, I group them together in a way that makes sense for the experience that I'm trying to, to create. So let's jump into your failures then. Uh, tell me about failure number one, feeling too comfortable. Yeah, as I told you before, I was at one point doing fun stuff, but not paying the bills. And another point was just uh, paying the bills, but not doing fun stuff. And at that point, my career was comfortable because, well, I was paying the bills, so money was not a problem. But I was really stressed every day. That was affecting my personal life a lot. I wasn't enjoying the things I was doing before uh, with that Previous client, like just doing full stack WordPress developer development, it wasn't fun. And it was that I was at the edge of the burnout, to be honest. Like it was more, um, almost like I don't know, giving up. Like it was hard. It was hard. And then when I met GP and spoke with him and and did the course about like being a designer and using your skill set to like to make money, I realized that if I just being comfortable where I was. 
it wouldn't work for me. And I wouldn't, wouldn't keep growing on my career. I wouldn't having fun on my career. I wouldn't find a sweet spot on career where you do fun stuff and, and not have to worry about money. So that's when I decided to restart my career. And it, it was not comfortable at all. It was hard because where do I start? I had zero portfolio to show. Like I did some work before, but it was way before uh, I, I was being a full stack developer with WordPress. So I had zero portfolio, I had zero stuff to show. I had to like start from scratch, like doing some carnivals on my flow, exposing myself. I was never a social media guy. I hate social media in general. But I realized that if I want to invest in my personal brand, which is the strategy that I chose to, to invest, I had to expose myself. I had to be part of the community. I had to be part of something. I had to show my my my, my life, my, my working progress stuff. I had to show myself. So it wasn't comfortable. But that's exactly what brought me to the next level. Showing myself, like being active member of a community, uh, being on social media, sharing my, my daily stuff. That's what brought me more clients, more opportunities. That's what made me meet more people, find different things to do, like grow uh, uh, my skill set learn new things and be where I am right now. So that's that's the thing. Like if you're too comfortable in your life and your career, then you're doing wrong. Because you only grow when you're uncomfortable. Uncomfortable means that you're in motion. You're moving. You're moving forward. That's how you grow. So if you if you just be comfortable in your career, it means you're stuck and you're go- not going anywhere. Okay. I'm just gonna play devil's advocate. Say someone is comfortable and they're like, Diego, why do I need to grow? I'm comfortable. I've got to where I wanted to get to. I'm here and I'm here to stay. Just to dig into why you think growing is so important. Well, for several things, and not just because of the money, but because of life, right? Okay, you should comfortable where you are. Fine. But at some point, you might not be. You're just there because you had to pay the bills, because like you don't have to any effort to make money etc but it's not just about money right it is about money we're work we all work to pay the bills to make money but you need to be happy because the things you do in your career will also affect your personal life right so you need to find you need to find your sweet spot in your life where you're happy with your work where you have enough time for yourself and for your family so that's why I think you always need to keep moving because when you're too comfortable, it means that at some point you might like not like what you're doing because you're doing the same thing every day. Where, where's the fun in that, right? Right. Okay. If you're not creatively fulfilled, then that's going to affect your personal life. That's going to affect your loved ones. And actually, you don't just owe it to yourself to have a career that you find fulfilling, but you owe it to people around you, I guess. Exactly. And also as a freelancer, selling myself, right? Working my personal brand. If I just stop and feel comfortable and not not doing anything else, it means that at some point people will start forgetting about me. So I need to be always there doing stuff, doing new stuff, uh, evolving, right? To stay relevant on, on the industry, to stay relevant as a freelancer, to be like person that people see me there like daily, clients see me, they find me and they, they want to work with me because like all the new stuff that I'm doing. So in movement also means stay relevant. Yeah. And I want to 
pick up on something that you said there that you're, you're not necessarily the most extroverted person and that you found putting yourself out there that you know that phrase that a lot of people do say um online posting on social media um messaging people to you know connect and stuff like that people are a bit like oh god do i really need to do that how did you kind of break through that mindset of no diego like i need to do this like this isn't about being introvert or extrovert i just need to put myself out there how did you um kind of do that for yourself well everything has to be a purpose right so being on social media for me has a purpose it's a means to it's an end to achieve a goal to be real like i said to be relevant in the industry to be a name that everyone talks about when they talk about something related to, I don't know, webflow, design, motion, whatever. So I, I, I realized that, like, if I want to be seen, I need to show myself. So it has a goal. I, I'm not just there, like, because I, I think it's fun. I'm there because it's useful for me to show my progress, to connect with other people, to grow my network. So it always has to have a purpose. Everything you do has to have a purpose. And being on social media, like being an active member of uh, on Twitter and on the community, always has a purpose. It could be a professional purpose, it could be a personal purpose, but yes, everything has a goal. It's just not, you're not just doing it because you have to. Tell me about failure number two, living in your own bubble for too long. Yes, yes. So, okay, 10 years uh, doing websites. But during these 10 years, I was working solo the only people that I talked to was clients, which is not fun most of the time, right? It's not It's not easy. Like being a solo freelancer is not easy at all. Not just because of career stuff and professional stuff. People are social animals. We're social animals, right? Humans are social animals. So we, 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 we need to live in a society. We need to interact with other people. Like that's part of what makes us humans and that's what makes us like be happy in general if you live alone it, it's not easy what if you have to talk to someone about something stressful okay i have my family i have my wife but she's not at the same like and the same stuff that i do she's more of a social media person she likes photography okay that's that's good but she's not a designer she's not a developer so what if i want to talk about design when i want to talk about something fun i see the other day and how to build that. Like just have a conversation around things that I like to do. I had an, a, anyone for that. That's when I started uh, being more social, active on Twitter and whatever. That's when I found a community. For me, it was the full party community. And I think it was the best decision in my life to actually join community, being an active member there. Like Because like it's, a, it's like a group of friends. Like uh, it's people that have the same taste as me, like like the same things as me. They are curious. They like love design. They love to learn new things. They they like to have fun, and I think that being part of that community helped me a lot personally, not only professionally but also personally. Because like I had someone else to talk to about anything. Like, I made good friends there. Like I think it's fundamental for me. it was fundamental for me to be happy in general my career. Uh, because I'm not I'm not feeling uh, alone anymore. Because I spend my whole day, like more than eight hours a day, on this small office that I'm in right now with no one else here. Uh, and it's hard, but 
but I don't feel alone anymore. I was feeling really alone before, but I don't, I don't feel alone anymore because I have a group of people that I can just talk to anything, have fun, I have friends. I, I can just jump on a call with someone and just chat about random stuff. That makes make my life better, for sure. So stay in your own bubble is a mistake because we always have to talk to someone about something. I think it's fundamental. And it's also allow you to grow professionally because I learned a lot when I started uh, uh, being active on, on the community in general. Like It's not just about personal stuff, but you grow in your career because you learn a lot. You see, you, you learn about different perspectives from different people on different situations, on different countries. So yeah, I think it's very important to to have some, to have a group, a group of people uh, get together. Uh, like uh, I don't know, once a week, once a month, once a day, whatever. Talk about random stuff. Talk about the things that you like. Share experiences. I think this is one that I have. Definitely, something that I've been doing recently is having basically co-working sessions with other designers we'll get on a google meet or a zoom call or whatever and for the first 10 minutes we'll chat about life and be like check in how are you doing good you know whatever and then for the next 50 minutes of that hour we'll put each of us on mute and we'll and we'll just co-work together and it sounds really weird because we're literally just on the screen silent i do this with matt evans so matt's working i'm working but there's something about just being with someone else, even if you're just connected by an internet connection and you're just, you know, on the screen. You, you, we have these kind of accountability sessions, we call them, but actually it's just another human who's doing what I'm doing at the same time. He lives in Ireland. I live in England. So obviously it's a bit hard to actually meet up in real life. Meeting up in real life would be better. I caveat with that. But I recommend that if you're a little bit afraid of joining a big community, because I have heard people say, well, there's loads of people in that like online space. I don't, I don't really know if I want to go in there. It seems a bit cliquey or whatever it is, like whatever excuses people might have to not join a big community, even if it's just one person, get on a call. Diego, you're looking at me like, this guy's so weird. Do you actually do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's exactly it. I think I think, I think he has a lot of value doing that. Like I said, like, I think that that's one of the things that people that work from home maybe miss from actually working in person. Like people that work in an office and then they see people every day, etc. No one wants to work in an office anymore, right? But that experience of being around a lot of different people, it's it's something that I think everyone misses. At least me, I, I miss that kind of stuff, like being around more people and like being part of the community is kind of that. Like, and, and being like part of community doesn't mean that you have to be like up in front and, and talking and whatever. You can just like see the uh, go to the back seat and watch people talking about random things. When you feel like you join a conversation, just being together with other people, like it, it's really beneficial. Awesome. And you are obviously a big member of Flow Party. Um, I've been in that circle community for a little while, but really really recommend um joining flow party if you're listening you're starting out in webflow and you're kind of like you know they're talking a lot about community but how do i even join a community you're gonna find people like you in flow party i guarantee it and there's also another one called new to the flow um that's run by lish Palmer, and 
another one that's great for for beginners um there's also floxies which is female community for um web flowers run by claudia all lovely people so if you're like you guys talk about a lot about community but where do i even join there's three communities that are great if you are um, in the Webflow space. Is there anything that you'd like to add there, Diego, about any of those? No, just uh, let's say just come to Flow Party. We're fun. Yeah, you don't need three. There's one. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Flow Party is <laughs> is good fun. And they actually have like a kind of like a chill out every Friday, right? Where they all meet up and just have drinks. Exactly. Well, we have the official party, which is like about different kind of topics every 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 friday we try to bring a topic might be like about design related stuff about like a new tool that one everyone is talking about might be about business stuff i think we had uh i, I don't remember if it was a past week but we have a lawyer talking about contracts for example and we have conversations around proposals we have people uh, uh, big names on the community joining us to talk about their experiences or tools or whatever so we always have a topic but we also have the after party which is where the fun happens that's that's where we are go crazy and do fun stuff we had like parties that went through like eight nine hours straight like people in front of the computer for eight hours straight just for the after party crazy stuff so yes i definitely recommend to join the, the craziness Tell me about failure number three, seeking perfection instead of accomplishment. Well, everyone that knows me on the float party, that there's something that I always tell them. It's not my sen- my phrase, my sentence, but I always tell them that done is better than perfect. And I learned that like through my career and with experience and doing stuff. A great example is my own portfolio. At some point, like last year, I was doing some work, uh, some work and I needed to have a portfolio for several reasons. So I, I, I sit and I thought, okay, I'll, I'll create an amazing portfolio that shows all my skills and like I'll flex as much as I can. I'll do like amazing stuff on our winning website. And I struggled three months trying to do that. Like coming with the perfect design with all kinds of different crazy interactions, trying to implement 3D, learn that, try to learn how to include 3D on the way. And I was nowhere near the end of that project. I was spending too much time on things that didn't matter on a portfolio itself, which is like uh, not not spending too much time on, on showing the work. And then at some point I think, okay, that's enough. I, I will never have a portfolio if I keep trying to seek perfection. I just need something. Something done to show my work. This was like a shift on my mindset about doing stuff. And then I did my my current portfolio in three days. I had three days to design. I, I just just sit down and say, okay, enough of this version. I'm gonna do a new version. Gonna design it, build this until Friday. And then yeah, I spent three days designing and building my current web portfolio. Yeah, it was done, and it was better than I was expecting. And like a lot of people come to me and say, oh, your portfolio is amazing. It's amazing clients, uh, other freelancers. And I just did that in three days because I focus on getting it done instead of trying to make it perfect. I wore a wing website. It's just like a simple portfolio, a one-page site that shows my work, which is the most important part of the portfolio. And it gets the job done. And and that's what clients look for in general as well. 
you like we tend to see perfection create like the the the, the best design ever create an all-winning website clients don't want that what they want is something that works for them so most of the time if you tr try to seek perfection and create an all-winning website that might not even work well for the client all they need is a functional website that looks good so that's that's what we need to think about perfect versus done like Try and seek perfection uh, versus trying to seek the compliment. Wow, passionate speech there. So, um, if you guys are looking for more advice from Diego about this, you've actually got an ADP list hour long video where you talk about how to create a portfolio website in Webflow. And I had a watch of it in preparation for this video, for this podcast, sorry. And one of the things that you said that I thought was really, really interesting were the five things a good portfolio website needs to have. Can we, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Can we go through those, those five things um, or at least the key things that you think, because a lot of people are like, I want this interaction here and I want this and that. And actually, that's not necessarily the most important thing that your portfolio website needs. So can you just talk us through what a good portfolio is? For me, there's one thing you need to do and do really well on your portfolio. Like if you just do this one thing well on your portfolio and forget about the rest, you're 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 good. Which is focusing on showing your work. Your work is what it's going to sell your services. If you spend a lot of time designing a crazy website, but you don't do a good job showcasing your work, then it's not it's not going to to do the trick for you. If you only do like a blank web page with amazing screenshots of your work, or like really really careful on how you present your projects, and then just have like an email and and that's it, that's going to work, guarantee. Because what sells your services is your work. Clients are not on your portfolio to see how you flex. They want to see what you've done before. They want to see like what you, you're capable of. And if you're aligned with what they're seeking in terms of projects and creativity in general. And the best way you do that is showcasing your best work in the best way possible. Obviously, there are, there are other four things that on, on that ADP listing. Having a, a, a clear communication about like what are the services you offer, easy way to get in touch with you, like it's it's like it's basic stuff. But if you just get it done pretty well, the way you present your work, that's what with that what's going to do the trick for you. Like there's one example on I, I show a few examples on the eighty the list uh, talk. And there's one example there that you should go to the homepage of that person. It's just a simple page. It only has the name, what he does, what the menu for all the pages, and the projects. That's all he has on the landing page. And it works extremely well because the way he presents the work, it's 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 good. It's great. Even if you if you click on the project and see the project details, it's mostly just one paragraph describing it, and then amazing screenshots of the things that he did he did. So it's all about presentation of your work. That's your best marketing asset. So leverage that in your portfolio. Boom. Key takeaway is people try and make the most incredible portfolio website, but actually forget that they're getting hired to do the client's work. 
And a lot of the time, ego comes into this portfolio website, I think. We need to try and put that ego aside. You're focusing on helping the client, i.e. showing the work that you can do for them. Now, obviously, you can do a beautiful website for them if you make your beautiful portfolio website. But what you're fundamentally saying is show the work that you can do for your client really, really clearly with beautiful imagery. That's what they're hiring you to do. So, Diego, can I ask you the final question? It's rather a difficult one. Bring it on. What is your next failure going to be? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a tough question, right? But yeah, we're always failing and learning with failures every day. Right now, one of the things I don't think I'm failing is like, how do I handle too many leads, right? Because at, at one point, I was struggling to get leads, to get clients. And now like, I have several clients reaching out to me, like asking for products. Like I'm doing five products right now with more, five more coming in April and it's too much. So my, probably my next failure is like how to find balance between work <laughs> and personal life. I'm already ha- having that failure right now. And I'm still struggling on that. I'm still failing a lot on that. And I'll probably keep failing on that for at, at least a few years until I find finally the good balance between working less and, and making enough money to have a, a good life. Just just, just what, the way I, I'm trying to. Thanks so much for listening to episode 34 of Webflow with Diego. And thanks to Diego for coming on Webflow. The part of this episode which particularly stood out to me was Diego talking about how to make an effective Webflow portfolio. A lot of Webflowers, including myself, try and make the most interactive and wow portfolio they possibly can. But although this can be relevant, if the types of clients you want to attract want that style, Diego argues that showing off your client work needs to be clearly shown on the website as a priority. Your client work is going to sell your potential clients that visit your site on whether they want to work with you or not. If you have been spending months putting together a portfolio that absolutely bangs with crazy animations and awesome, awesome colors, etc., this is your message to just put together something simple, even if it's just a one-page portfolio with client work, even if it's only one or two or three pieces of client work or dummy client work. For next week's episode, episode 35, I'll be interviewing Sarah Brunatini, an Italian UI UX designer and web flower based in Brighton. Have a great week until then, web playlist.